Hello and welcome to episode 54 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is August 12th and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. So while Robert is still on vacation, um, we have Chitan um, Desai again on our podcast. He had joined us um, a few months ago, I think, in the meantime, where he already oh. talked about um, success factors and Azure Active Directory integration. And as we had mentioned, I think, two or three weeks ago, there's some some new content there. There are some new exciting things that have happened and with the integration of success factors and Azure Active Directory. But before we go there, um, like always, let's quickly um, take a look at some of the news from this week. And um, Goran, you brought this up about the application mm -hmm. security groups. Yeah, so uh, I mean, um, security in Azure is super important topic. You know, many customers ask how to do it. And especially, you know, um, we had in the past concepts of this net network NSGs, network security groups. Uh, basically, it's a kind of Azure firewall inside of the VNet. Let, let me say so. And and what customers are basically doing, they are trying to um, close open ports only which is needed. You know, on a database size, only open the uh, ports for the application server of that sit and nobody else, and other way around. Now the whole thing with um, NSG's network security group was a bit complicated because typically uh, you you set NSG on a, on a kind of one VNet, you know, and uh, or you could even set it maybe on on a, each uh, NIC, but kind of maintenance is very difficult to do it, you know. So what Microsoft came in um, uh, with the new additional concept called application security groups, which basically creates a logical construct. Uh, which represents database tier, okay, application layer tier, for example. Um, and with this, it's much more easier to, to define those rules. So who can access what or what is the kind of clause. So this guy, he wrote the blog, uh, interesting in the SAP context, for example. But there is also another blog I would really um, on another, which is an independent from the SAP, but very nicely explained. I mean, could be uh, indirectly also kind of applied um, on the SAP because SAP has a DB server, app server, maybe web layer, for example, yeah. and it's just defining how how can how can you allow traffic from from certain A to B, B to C, but maybe not not. A to C, you know, not from a web service directly to the database, and how to do actually a micro segmentation, you know. So blog is basically very nice, and if you scroll down a bit, Holger, it goes also in a different different example. And this is also could be applied, for example, for the different SAP uh, SIDs, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you would uh, hear uh, each layer goes into each system from web server to web server, web server to database. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, access from web server one to database is not allowed another way around, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. So, and also there is a possibility how to do it if you go a little bit down from, uh, for example, also to control the traffic also in the from the on-premises, for example. So, um, a very, I would say, very important topic. Uh, many customer are asking how to do it. I mean, uh, so it's just a um, 
food, uh, thought for the food, right? Mm -hmm. To maybe read a little bit about it and try, try to implement. Yeah. And I think that the beautiful thing compared to NSGs is really that you can see it here in, in the destination. I can just say um, web service. So, for example, here there's an allow from internet to web service. And then if this group of web service, if they, they have the appropriate tags, then I don't need to maintain an NSG for each and everyone, but I can just say, well, no. here the, the application group is for web service and then all of these web service groups here, for example, are affected. Yeah, exactly. And basically adding a new web server, for example, we mean you just map that NIC card to that group and removing you just remove. That's it. Yeah. And cool. all the rules stay same. So it's like in the users, you know, like you have users and you have groups. Right, so you would never yeah. set security on one user, but you would set security on a group, uh, and then basically just add users to give the permission or remove the users from the group. So basically, it's a kind of similar concept, right? Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Thank you. Good with this. Um, maybe let's um, switch to to another topic. Um, so ASAC and DSAC. They had a um, very interesting survey to their their respective um, customers, and um, the yeah if, if you are an ASAC member, then actually you can you can listen to the to the webinar, so it was recorded. So but but you need to be an ASAC member, and then you can yeah uh, listen to uh, yeah uh, the both um, heads of ASAC and and, and DSAC, and they go through the whole. Um, presentation. There, there's also um, some summaries here, and also the slides of the webinar. So, so all of them are are there, and it's it's pretty interesting to see. I mean, there are some some things that are very obvious, um, um, or, or some things that I, that I can immediately understand. So, uh, the S4 implementation plans. You can see that um, forty, almost fifty percent of of the um, customers are. Um, already live or are in the process of meaning, uh, moving to S4HANA. Um, then there, there are a lot of additional customers already planning to do this. So, so that was very obvious oh. for me. But, but then if you if you look at the differences there, and and that's where, where it's really getting getting interesting. Um, uh, actually, actually, let me let me go to uh, to no, sorry, no. This was this was the one here with the S4 implementation regarding the different timelines um, from uh, from ASAC and 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 DSAC, how they react, how they um, see, especially also for example the, the the rise topic. Now that was actually the slide that I wanted to show, but I don't find find it right now. Maybe it's in in the back. But uh, for example, here with the cloud, um, what's the general attitude towards the cloud? And you can see. Um, in ASAC, so for the US customers, um, it's 74 positive, uh, but only for, for, for the DSAC, for the German speaking customers, only 46. So there, there's a lot of reservation um, when, it, yeah. when it comes to, to the cloud. And that's, but it could be that's really maybe a German specific topic, maybe not so much European, I mean, broadly yeah. speaking. Yeah, it could be a bit uh, German customers always unique and maybe more and more absolutely yeah no but but and and there are a few other things where, where there's really a difference between asac and and, and dsac there was also then uh, here's the rice topic that was also um what i found uh -huh. quite interesting the awareness of rice with sap so 
there, there you can also see there, there um, in in for for DZAC, um, rice is more. They, they are more aware of of the rice offering with SAP than the the ASAC um, colleagues. So it's it's an it's an interesting thing. And actually, if you listen um, to um, Jens and um, and Joff, um, it's it's interesting how they explain how they um, um, argue um, and and provide some additional context. Um, to, towards the statistics. So if you are an ASAC member, I can definitely recommend that you that you take a look at the um, webinar and, and listen to that. Then moving on, um, there was one interesting um, uh, article about uh, fusion detection of ransomware. So um, we we had talked about Azure Sentinel um, before. We we talked about Azure Sentinel for SAP, for example, and now um, Azure Sentinel. Um, also is able to detect ransomware attacks. And obviously um, that's something that, that can be quite interesting because uh, here um, Azure Sentinel allows you to um, or, or, or um, detect certain patterns when and ran a ransomware attack um, happens in your in your in your company. And obviously if you have this the, the sooner that the, the, that you can detect these these attacks the the, the better and yeah so so just one additional functionality that um, here uh, the the Azure Sentinels um, solution provides you with. Nice. Then going on and it's talking about some um, blog posts on the SAP community. There's one blog post by Murali um, about um, event mesh and the whole eventing um, pattern. So the event driven architectures, something that I see more and more also with with customers. And um, in his blog post, he yeah he outlines um, how actually the the SAP system can be connected to SAP event mesh and um, the different configurations there, the the event enablement package. Um, on your SAP systems and, and what you need to do to configure to, to be able to expose these events. And then um, at the end, um, there's there's obviously something that I find extremely interesting. Um, there's um, a quick demo where, um, and maybe let me, I can maybe already, already play this in the, in the background, where um, he shows a scenario where um, with the SAP event enablement package um, from, um, from Asapio in this case, where they show how a purchase order is um, created um, in the SAP system, and then uh, you get the notification in Teams. So the event is actually sent to um, Azure Event Grid. Then Event Grid uses um, a logic app to trigger a, a Teams um, adaptive card, and then from Teams you can actually um, click on Approve, and then immediately um, this approved purchase order um, also shows up in the SAP system. So it's a it's a really nice, easy, simple scenario, but but I think it shows in a in a beautiful way how this event-driven architectures can really help you to react on certain events in the SAP system and then um, take some actions or some some activities. Um, yeah, in in this case, for example, in in Teams. Um, the next thing is a blog post from Martin Pankratz, so just um, published um, today, and there. He talks about using um, OData services and, and putting them behind an Azure API management. So, so in the past, I mean, obviously for SAP customers, it's very there are a lot of SAP customers that are using SAP API management to protect and and um, uh, yeah manage their um, SAP OData services. And in this case, 
Um, obviously, if you're running, for example, your SAP system on Azure, there are also more and more customers that are asking, well, can I connect with my Azure API management um, to my um, or data services on the SAP side? And um, yes, you can. I mean, there are a few things that you need to consider. For example, um, Azure API Man currently does not out of the box support um, OData services or, or um, fetching all the metadata information from the OData services. So Martin outlines um, very beautifully how you can um, convert the um, dollar metadata information um, from your um, OData service into an open API specification, which then you can use to to import into your Azure API management, and and then he talks as always really again in in a, in a productive way how you can really use this in a, in a productive setup, how you can do um, yeah updates and creates and and all this kind of stuff. Um, so so it's a really nice blog post again showing how you can use your SAP system together with um, an Azure API management. Good. Then one more blog post, and again um, from Bartosz. Now we are in part five of his Azure Synapse Pipeline and OData and blog post. Here in this one, we are talking about um, filters and select statements. Remember, last time um, Bartosz looked at um, uh, uh, dollar skip and um, uh, dollar top. So just to to um, have certain chunks of data retrieved from the SAP system. Now he's looking at um, uh, filtering um, the, the the information again with some some uh, or with a lot of examples actually how to do this. So yeah, just just another follow up uh, from from Bartosz on um, how you can work with OData services in in Synapse. So with this. Um, let me quickly revisit a blog post that we had already um, talked about in the past and, and also looking at this, um, this document um, that's all about um, yeah, this bi-direction integration of um, success factors in Azure Active Directory. But instead of me um, talking about this, let me actually um, hand over to uh, Chitan. Maybe you can quickly introduce yourself and then uh, talk a little about what you have done um, uh, yeah, what what new things are are there now with the Azure Active Directory and Success Factors integration? Ah, you're on mute again. You're on mute. You're muted. We're quickly unmuted, but now you're muted again. Yeah, I think the, no, okay. No, yeah, no, now it's better. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Chetan Desai. I'm part of the Azure AD uh, PM team focused on our provisioning integrations. And uh, some of you all might recall that uh, I had the privilege of joining Holger and team here uh, in episode 11 of uh, SAP on Azure, uh, one of the uh, earlier episodes from last year. And I'm so happy to see all the progress that uh, Holger is doing here. You know what? This is your past episode 50, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And and great great contribution to the community. Thank you, uh, Holger Goran and Robert for doing this. Well, thank okay. you for for joining. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So let's talk about what we are doing in the success factor space. What are some of the new uh, integrations? Uh, new content that we have come up with uh, to simplify the integration between SAP success factors and Azure AD uh, overall. Uh, 
Uh, I'm going to share my screen here. No, once you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, it's coming up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've uh, put together a slide deck to walk you all through uh, some of the key developments in this space. So we'll take a look at uh, a quick feature recap, uh, what it means, uh, Azure AD and uh, success factors, bidirectional sync. Uh, and then followed by that, we'll look at an implementation design principle document that we jointly published, uh, partnering with uh, uh, SAP and leading system integrators in this space. Uh, and then we'll take a look at the solution architecture and landscape that this implementation design principle covers and all the scenarios that it addresses. Uh, and finally, we'll end it with a demo and call to action in terms of what next steps uh, you can work on. Perfect. OK. Moving on to the next slide. Uh, so feature overview, what, what does it mean? Uh, success factors in Azure AD integration. So uh, let's take a look at the business context and the driver behind why we built this integration. So uh, for folks who are working on success factors, they know it's that it's tied to the world of HR or HCM or HXM as it is called now. And from an identity management perspective, what you see is that there is a constant set of operations happening, which we call as joiner, mover, and lever scenarios. Okay, so someone new person, a new person is joining, maybe after some time changing teams, uh, going on leave, sabbatical, and finally deciding to move on and join another company. And all these joiner, mover, lever events, they place unique demands on the IT teams. And uh, if we take a look at an IT admin who is managing uh, the on-premises Active Directory and Azure AD, which is the identity control plane uh, for access to different uh, enterprise applications, in response to these events, they have to constantly create users, update user accounts, um, and then disable user accounts, manage licenses, and so on. And we have seen uh, companies taking different approaches to handling this integration, right from running custom scripts uh, to engaging IT help desk, uh, depending on CSV, flat file feeds, or just using third-party provisioning tools. Uh, and each of these approaches uh, comes with its own drawbacks in the sense that uh, there's uh, it's difficult to maintain these scripts once the person who actually wrote it uh, moves out of the company. Uh, IT helpers, there are overhead costs associated with it, and so on. And so we decided, okay, let's partner with uh, SAP and see how we can uh, provide a more native, a cloud native solution. And in our quest to get there, uh, here's what we have as an offering today. So Azure AD natively integrates with uh, SAP SuccessFactors Cloud and is able to pull all, uh, all events of interest, the joiner, mover, and lever transactions. And in response to those events, it can uh, create, update, uh, enable, disable accounts, not only in your on-premises Active Directory, but also in a number of SaaS applications that your uh, enterprise is connected to. And, um, to, to add here, yeah, this is a P1 feature, Azure AD Premium P1 feature, or it requires an M365 E3 license. Uh, 
uh, and uh, it can be it's all managed entirely from uh, the Azure portal. And we have uh, happy to share that. Yeah, we have uh, we went uh, live with this integration. The general availability was announced last year in August 2020, and since then uh, we have uh, more than 100 plus customers who have who are using this. And uh, one of the customers uh, recently published a case study in May. Uh, it's called Bicard Desley. It's a mattress uh, manufacturer, and this is what the CISO, uh, the CIO, had to say about uh, after completing this integration. That there's a great feeling of relief that uh, they are able to automate the onboarding. Uh, so they actually cut down the uh, onboarding time from uh, uh, from one month. To, you know, it, it it takes now less than a day to complete all the onboarding events. Oh, it's great that you have so many customers already um, signed up for this. I mean, I, I, I think that this makes so much sense, this scenario. So so when you first talked about this, I, I already thought that um, this would resonate well, but it's really great to hear that you have so many customers already signed up. Cool. Yep, yep. And there's, there, there's reason for uh, more customers to also sign up. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we'll uh, cover here. Okay, great. I mean, it sounds like a simple thing to do, which could be for one user, but if you have uh, many of them, it's a nightmare. So any automation here, it's extremely, definitely warmly welcomed on, from the customer side. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that's such a great point, because if you see from, uh, and as we rolled out this integration, uh, we, we, we closely observed how customers are picking up this uh, integration and, um, uh, each customer has their own starting point, and uh, I, I'll segue into that part now. So, so there's there's an entire spectrum of where a customer could start with this integration with, and we are so happy that we actually provided this flexibility inherent uh, as part of our uh, solution offering. So let's take a very simple scenario that there's a customer who has success factors and who has Azure AD, and all they want to do is IT wants to make sure that the email, phone number, username that they generate for uh, for users that is in sync with what's there in Success Factors. So all they have to do is there is an application which we call as the Success Factors Write Back application. Uh, they have to go into Azure portal, enable this application, select users who are part of this uh, scope of this application, and those users' data will be synced to Success Factors. Very simple scenario. Going live with this is is less than two or three weeks of effort and planning. Okay, that's simple variant one. Uh, variant two is let's say you're a, you're a customer who uh, doesn't have on-premises users, but you only have cloud-only users, which means you don't store users in your on-premises Active Directory, and all your users are in the cloud managed from Azure AD. Uh, think about uh, this is very common in retail scenarios where frontline workers don't need uh, on-prem accounts and they are only created in Azure AD. Okay. So in this scenario, you can do a simple sync from success factors to just Azure AD. And, and even this is uh, a, a pretty uh, straightforward integration, especially if you are you don't have any complex attribute mappings and you just want to bring in the first name, last name, job position details, etc. into Azure AD. Next variant is uh, 
again, a simple variant three, where now you have your customer who has a single uh, Active Directory forest domain, uh, and you want to make sure that you get your users from success factors into this domain. And if you are using some existing uh, integrations, whether it is third-party provisioning tools or SAP API, Business Hub, uh, then you you can consider this as a as a as a good solution because it covers a vast range of scenarios. And uh, unlike other tools, it provides capabilities to also handle advanced scenarios like uh, global assignments and uh, concurrent uh, assignments. Okay, uh, and then it can get um, more complex if you add uh, multiple uh, transformation rules in your attribute mapping, but the good news is all this is supported and uh, you can configure this uh, with using what we call as expression mappings. So all the transformations are configurable in the Azure directory. And then finally, the most complex integration we see is where you have a single success factors instance, but multiple AD domains. Uh, and even this is supported. So, so we have seen among our customer base in the last one year, we have seen a variety of these integrations and uh, happy to see each one of them uh, being successful. Mm -hmm. And in these scenarios, it's success factors writing information into Azure Active Directory, which, which right. makes sense. I, I mean, I, I change my role in the company and I may I change my name or something like that, that, then this is obviously tracked in success factors, and this information can then be repl replicated to Azure Active Directory. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and uh, to add to that, well, the beauty of this solution is that it's entirely cloud managed. Uh, the, the only footprint you have on-prem is the uh, what we call as the on-prem provisioning agent. So it's a lightweight agent that you can host on a Windows Server. And uh, it is responsible for that last mile communication with your Active Directory. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So let's move on to the next slide. So, okay, with this background of why we built the feature and its current usage, um, what did we do last month? And uh, you would have seen some social media updates also around this. Uh, so, what we did is, okay, we said, okay, we've rolled out this solution, but I think just like any uh, integration to build upon, uh, there are so many system integrators and consultants who have a lot of questions. Okay, what is the best practice? Uh, is uh, are we doing the right thing, etc. And I found uh, this amazing concept in the SAP world called implementation design principle docs. So as stated here, uh, these are documents that complement existing implementation handbooks by addressing real life implementation challenges. And it gives structured guidance uh, to help customers and partners avoid typical implementation pitfalls for key business scenarios. So, um, so, so when uh, SAP uh, approached us for this, we were very excited uh, to be part of this. And uh, there were a number of partners also who were involved in this. And they helped us uh, put together this document, which is now available on the SAP Success Factors um, either partner edge or customer community. Uh, there's also a AKMS link that we have created to this. Uh, you can use this link and access and take a look at this document too. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Just, no just curious, that, you've been, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, these things were links or content will be updated, I believe, in the future well, with additional 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the, I think that's another uh, great part about this. It, it's 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 a, a live document, so they call it out here. SFE SFIDPs are living documents and evolve over time. Uh, so we definitely are planning to keep adding to this as as our solution evolves. Cool. It's just just wondering, uh, Holger, have you ever been part of any of these IDP uh, documents before? Uh, no, actually, I have not. No. Okay. Okay. But it's 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 an interesting uh, engagement. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I I looked through the document and it sounded uh, really really interesting. And also the um what you said, this is not something that is a theoretical practice between SAP and Microsoft. But I could see there's a lot of partners that probably brought in their their experience from customers implementations and stuff like that so it sounds like a really hands-on document there oh absolutely yes there's so much uh, uh, practical insights that each of these partners brought to the table so so this is the list of partners who contributed to this document and um, yeah i want to say uh, um, to extend this a great great partnership and uh, thank you to everyone who participated in this effort oh great yeah Okay, so so with that, let's see. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what this um, means and what was what was one of the key conclusions of this uh, implementation design principle doc. I think the key, the overall uh, alignment uh, from this effort was that the integration that Microsoft now has built, it is a great opportunity for SAP success factors to modernize their uh, Azure Active Directory integration. Mm -hmm. uh, what does this mean? Uh, so a lot of uh, SAP customers uh, typically were using uh, this package integration from uh, SAP API Business Hub. Uh, there was a package integration uh, which, which allowed them to create users in Active Directory or disable user accounts in Active Directory. And they used to deploy this in their SuccessFactors tenant. But we heard that uh, there were a number of limitations with this uh, solution. Um, this cloud and there was also a cloud platform based integration and there was limitation that it only supported new hire and termination scenarios. Rehire, transfer and data changes are out of scope. And if you see from a security perspective, that is that's what an IT team is more interested in. Hey, tell me what's changed now so I can uh, reevaluate their access profile. Right? And, and so uh, what our solution does is act, it actually, uh, the IDP also recommends that for customers who are using uh, either the uh, SAP API Business Hub based solution or the SAP Cloud Platform integration or the Dell Boomi solution, uh, you can now think of migrating to the Azure AD and SAP delivered integrations. So within Azure AD, we have these three uh, specific provisioning apps and uh, SAP uh, also provides identity provisioning service, and we'll cover how both of these coexist in a customer's landscape. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the key guidance uh, you will see in the document too, uh, which says that due to the availability of the new uh, Microsoft Active Directory integration, uh, the following uh, are considered legacy implementations and not recommended anymore. So, so that's why I see this a great opportunity for customers to start thinking and planning to move uh, these integrations from the legacy integrations to these modern integrations. Yeah, and I mean, you, you get rid of this middle layer here, right? I mean, you, you really directly connect your success factor system with Azure Active Directory or Active Directory, and you don't need this 
additional component in between. I mean, customers might still use the cloud platform integration services because of yes. some other integration means, but for the specific integration of success factors with Azure Active Directory, um, they, they can just now use this out of the box, I would guess, almost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, yeah, because we are so focused on this, uh, yeah. it's not a, like a generic integration, it's a focused effort. Uh, so, so we are very well aware about what are the HR scenarios that we need to tackle. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we won't exclude scenarios just because, oh, they're uh, not doable, etc. or let a system integrator do it. We are trying to productize as much of the integrations as possible. Great. Okay, perfect. Um, so with that, let's take a quick um, look at the integration components involved in a typical hybrid landscape and uh, how all these components interact with each other. So uh, this diagram shows a typical uh, customer landscape. Um, the, the boxes that you see in gray are uh, SAP components um, and the ones in blue are the Microsoft components. Right? So. Uh, essentially, uh, if I move from the left side of the diagram, so a customer may have SAP success factors as their HR system, or they may be in that hybrid mode where they are still using the on-prem SAP HCM, and they are using the SAP integration suite to sync data between these two systems. Okay, uh, Irrespective of that, what we are saying is that uh, you should be able to now integrate SAP success factors directly with Azure AD. So Azure AD can pull those identities and provision those users, uh, firstly in the on-premises Active Directory, mm -hmm. and also to other third-party applications, non-SAP applications. And when it comes to provisioning SAP applications, this is where we are uh, making calls to identity provisioning service layer, which then uh, takes on the uh, responsibility to provision the user accounts in the SAP cloud and SAP on-prem applications. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and any on-prem integrations that a customer has, uh, we are not touching that, but we are providing a mechanism for them to move over these integrations uh, to the cloud. For example, the write-back scenario that I mentioned. So if a customer is still using SAP HCM as their core HR and uh, success factors, they're just using storage, storing the basic user profile, but if they still want that data to flow into success factors, they can either use the SAP integration suite or for IT managed attributes like email and phone number, they can write it using uh, the Azure AD platform. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so a lot of goodness out here and I think the uh, implementation design principle doc does a great job of actually uh, double clicking on each of these components and uh, we have come up with a, a diagram which uh, at first look looks overwhelming but uh, I think is, is artistic in a, in a sense uh, that it covers so many scenarios. Um, I, I'll take a stab at trying to cover the key parts of this diagram. So uh, essentially this diagram is split into uh, three layers if I say. One is the success factors layer that you see here. Uh, and then all the provisioning services layer and the on-prem layer. Uh, so what we are recommending in this is you will see that we are uh, for mm -hmm. if you want to get data from success factors into SAP cloud applications, we are recommending that you use SAP IS and IPS for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So you will see the step here, new hire coming in, step one, uh, step two, the user getting pulled from IPS and the identity created in SAP IAS, uh, and then available to all the SAP cloud applications. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's uh, recommendation number one. Uh, the, the second recommendation is now if you want this SAP success factors data to flow into your on-prem systems and other third-party apps, then you can use the Azure AD provisioning service here. So the flow is same whenever any change happens in success factors, the core success factors, you would uh, get, you would read the identity using the Azure AD provisioning service created in on-premises active directory using the provisioning agent, which will then make it available to all on-prem applications. And if there is a, a write back required of email or phone number attributes, then we are able to write that back to uh, success factors uh, through the same Azure AD provisioning service. And we can also create applications in the third uh, accounts in the third party applications like Jira and uh, uh, Salesforce and so on uh, through Azure AD provisioning service. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and then our final recommendation is, yeah, uh, for scenarios where uh, a customer has SAP IDM or SAP uh, HCM, and you want to integrate that with success factors, we are saying that use the SAP integration suite to manage identities between these on-prem SAP HCM and employee central accounts. Makes sense. So, so and this is this would be just a pure SAP flow again. Um, yeah. And also using yeah, the integration suite as as the integration layer there. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. But nice, the customer can just basically, depending on what do they have, just plug in the proper components, right? And have full flexibility there without need to move here or there, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the goal here, right? Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, so this probably gives you a, a, a teaser into what the implementation design principle doc covers because there's a lot of technical uh, stuff in there, and um, I was just going to call out what are the scenarios that are covered uh, without going uh, too much in in depth into them, but just wanted to show you all what is the structure of uh, the implementation design principle doc and uh, how you can uh, benefit from it. So uh, if you take a look at the implementation design principle doc, uh, we cover uh, seven key business scenarios. Uh, the first business scenario is where Azure AD is the master and you want to flow data just to SAP success factors. And this is where uh, we, we, we suggest here, yeah, depending on your use case, you can use write back or you can use the uh, SAP uh, Cloud Platform Integration Suite. So, so we have called out what you can use to achieve this integration. Uh, then there are scenarios where you want to extend Azure AD provisioning uh, in the sense once Azure AD completes the provisioning action and it records the data in provisioning logs, uh, we heard from the partners that they would like to see this data in Success Factors Execution Manager. So uh, there's a section that just talks about how this can be done. Uh, today there is a uh, there is one functionality which we don't have in our provisioning pipeline is the transfer of photos. 
that is taking the photo from success factors and making it available in Azure AD and on-premises AD. Uh, so we cover how that can be achieved uh, nice. using uh, SAP yeah, uh, solution. Um, then number number three is where uh, we talk about okay as you plan your migration from on-prem SAP HCM to SAP Success Factors, what are those incremental steps you can take and where each of these uh, components can be used. Uh, for, uh, SAP being a uh, being a global HR player and deployed so widely everywhere. Uh, global assignment and concurrent employment are two scenarios which are very important for uh, uh, a multinational company. And so we cover uh, these scenarios in depth and how uh, Azure AD supports these scenarios. And, and later I'll show you a demo uh, which calls out this exact scenario and how we support it. And then there's, uh, there's an uh, there's a concept called position-based provisioning, where based on the position of the user, uh, you want to uh, create the user, grant him certain access in Azure AD and so on. Uh, we talk about how uh, you can do that today. Um, while we don't retrieve the position-related attributes today, we have a way to sync those into custom attributes in your SAP user profile and fetch the data from there. We are also planning more enhancements in this space, so stay tuned for updates on this position-based provisioning. Uh, number six is uh, a topic of uh, since this entire integration is API driven, how do you secure your success factors API endpoints? So, okay. so the right set of services, applications, and uh, human access is allowed to these APIs. So we cover that in the topic number six. And topic number seven is uh, just API usage, best practices, and write back scenarios. How do you handle effective rated scenarios? Uh, and all these are covered in the last section of the document. Cool. Yeah, it looks like a very extensive document. Everything oh, is covered here. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, it took, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, it took us almost six months to, yeah, uh, curate and uh, refine the content. Uh, but I'm very happy about the outcome here. Cool, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, even the, the way this is organized, the way this entire document is organized, I think it's, it's very readable and you can jump to the section that you are just interested in. Uh, so I just wanted to cover how, how the document is organized so, um, so, so you can pick and choose the section that you are interested in. So all these seven sections, they are organized uh, as different sections and you'll see this, there's, uh, there's a requirement um, portion, there's a solution overview and solution details. Uh, so I just bring it up here quickly. Yeah, so if you see, uh, so each of these sections, there is a business requirement section. Uh, so let me take the example of uh, <clears throat> a handling global assignment and concurrent employment. So this is in section 4.4. So if you go to the corresponding 5.4 section, okay. that will give a solution overview. And 6.4 will actually provide you the details of how to go and implement it. Cool, yeah. So I, I first can really, is this for me? Does it make sense? And then I can actually really have the, the instructions of, of how to do this. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's that's how it's organized. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear feedback if there's a better way to do this or arrange the content. Uh, as as I mentioned, this is a living document, so so we are uh, definitely open to add more content or uh, make it easy to consume. 
Great, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to the slideshow. Okay, so that's how the document is organized. Uh, now let's go to a quick demo scenario. I think that my favorite part here to show what what's 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 new and how it can be achieved. So just a recap here. Uh, uh, again, uh, the joiner mover lever demo scenarios. We actually covered it in episode 11 of the podcast. So uh, I have put a link here. So if you all want to go and watch this, you can uh, watch uh, this one before jumping into what we are covering here as a demo scenario. But today's demo scenario builds on top of what we did last time. Mm -hmm. uh, so last year we hired Henry Blake as a person in the shared services department as a customer service agent. Okay. And uh, if you see, I think uh, the, the demo date was somewhere in August 2020. Mm -hmm. And it's great that we are doing it now in August 2021. Uh, it, it's one year now and Henry has got an opportunity to go to UK uh, on a deputation or a global assignment scenario just for a month. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Well, congratulations. We want to show how this solution can now pick the latest details of uh, Henry because now he's moved from US to UK. And uh, you want to make sure that uh, in the Outlook address, global list, all of that, uh, his his UK details show up and not his US details, right? That's what you want to uh, make sure the up-to-date information is available to all your business applications. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the uh, scenario that we will uh, look at. So, uh, as as I mentioned, there is um, Success Factors Employee Central is still our source. Uh, we have Henry, whose home country is US, but he's moving to the new host country UK. Mm -hmm. And as he does that, we'll see how uh, there are different options that uh, you can use to synchronize. This is all covered in the document, uh, but. At a core, very core layer, what we want to do here is uh, make sure that we update the user attributes of Henry to reflect his global assignment details. And uh, a requirement that IT has placed is that even though he moves to this uh, new country, they still want the old uh, his 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 home country manager to show up. So we are not changing the manager details here, but just updating uh, the job attributes of the user. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Okay. Uh, so here's uh, what we are to look at in terms of a demo. <clears throat> so first we'll start from uh, the Success Factors Admin Console and you'll see here Henry Blake's profile. His uh, position here shows that he's part of Shared Services uh, Corporate US Philadelphia and his AD account is actually shows the details of his US office currently. Mm -hmm. And this is his home country profile. Now the HR will go and initiate what's called as a global assignment. So the, the HR here uh, goes and adds global assignment. And as part of that, it's a short term assignment uh, from August 1st to August 31st. And it is with the UK subsidiary of the company. Uh, so uh, you go and pick up the specific job. So they want uh, Henry to do some production testing of some new uh, products that are coming out. And here we see Henry now has global assignment set in his success factors profile. And it shows that his location is Nutsford and uh, department is production UK. So when IT now runs the provisioning job, uh, so for this user, 
they will see the new details of this user come through. So here we see the country as Great Britain, uh, UK manufacturing, and the same details now flow into uh, Active Directory. So you see here, uh, the country region is set to UK, and uh, the, on the organization, we see the new job title of production tester, and uh, manufacturing is the, the company, and department is production UK. Uh, mm. The manager is unchanged. Beautiful. That's really nice. So, so you make the changes only in, in success factors, and then the replication goes down really to your active directory on premise, where you see all these changes reflected. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah, plus I believe there was an organizational unit in, in play as well, which is a typical to kind of have a granular security inside of the Active Directory. Um, yes. So yes. which is being supported, which is great, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so, so for uh, so, so there, there could be a scenario, as you said, that in addition to changing these departments, we want to move him from uh, OU equal to organizational unit equal to US to organizational unit equal to UK. Mm -hmm. So, so even that capability is is built in, in the tool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's the demo for um, new hire uh, global assignment provisioning. And then I wanted to also spend some time on the right back scenario because um, uh, let's say that in the same scenario that when he is on um, when Henry is on deputation in UK, uh, they want him to use his UK business email and UK phone number so that those are new attributes that are assigned by the UK business team. Okay. Uh, in that case, we can make sure that this data is uh, flows back to the success factors uh, core profile of the user. So here's the scenario. So here's Henry's email and phone number, which is managed by the IT team. And as you can see here, uh, the email is set to uh, Henry Blake at wingtiptoys.co.uk. And uh, once the auto provisioning now runs to update business email and phone number, uh, we will see that uh, the, the primary business phone number and the primary business email will get updated in success factors. So this is the provisioning cycle running and updating the user in success factors. And if we view Henry's uh, updated email and phone number details by going to the contact information section, uh, you will see it shows the new uh, email and also phone number with the plus 44 extension uh, ISD code. Cool, so the, the, the other way around, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. so, so bi-directional. So I wanted to show both scenarios there, yeah. Cool, very nice, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, what uh, I had for the demo. And in terms of, uh, I was going to go into sharing some of the learning resources we have around this. There's of course the bidirectional IDP document. Uh, we also have a tutorial on how you can configure integration to on-prem AD, write back. So there are tutorials specific for those uh, starting points that you have. Uh, there's also an integration reference document that, that gives you uh, details of how to handle this uh, global assignment, concurrent employment scenarios, and uh, how to perform expression mappings. Uh, that's in the uh, functions document. And then we also have a deployment plan, uh, which you could use if, if, if you have uh, a complicated HR system or you want to uh, uh, 
you have to use different transformation rules. How do you do that? That's all covered uh, in this Cloud HR deployment plan. Cool. Cool. Well, that's really well, great. Yeah. Yep. And I think with that, I just wanted to um, share some call to action uh, slash go do's for the viewers here. Uh, read through the SAP success factors, Azure AD, IDP doc, a lot of great content. Pick your section that you are interested in. Uh, definitely plan your migration from the legacy success factors integration methods uh, uh, to this new Azure AD based provisioning. And you can pick your starting configuration, whether it is right back, whether it is cloud only user provisioning or uh, on prem provisioning. And finally, yeah, build, test, and roll out your success factors integration uh, with this. No, that, that that's that, that's perfect. And and again, I, I think it's it's really fantastic to see the the adoption already that you see with customers. And I, I'm sure that more and more customers will um test this and and implement this scenario because I I mean it, it makes a lot of sense, as you said, this dedicated connection from Azure Active Directory to success factor. So really making sure that it's not a generic one where, where you can do anything, which might also be good, but we, we know that there are a lot of customers using success factors, and we know that a lot of these customers are using Azure Active Directory or Active Directory. So having this dedicated connection there makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Cool, great. Then now I was going through the document of these 48 pages. It's amazing. So much details, scenarios, architectural diagrams. I mean, it, guys, it's really feast uh, for the uh, guy, for the people who would implement it. Really, really excellent, excellent. Oh yeah, and uh, and we are just beginning here, so there's there's more to come. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I, I was already thinking. I'm really looking forward to the next call where we see what happens to Henry. I mean, now he yeah. joined. Yes. Now he moved to UK. So I'm really looking forward to the to his next move in his career. I mean, I, I can bet it would be a flight to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens to Henry. So, so the next time, Chitan, we yes. invite you. I'm, I'm looking forward to to the the next steps that Henry does in his career. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, we will keep track of him. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Then, yeah, thank you again very much for, for joining. I think that was a really um, great overview and, and fantastic demos. Thanks for that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you again um, in, in one of our next episodes. Sure, yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. Great. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.